covering the Green Bay Packers training camp all summer long. This is CampCast, a Midwest communications podcast. Welcome back to the Green and Gold CampCast at Packer Training Camp, visiting with the NFL on Fox Insider, Jay Glazer. Welcome to town, Jay. How you doing, man? I'm good. I think the last time I chatted with you here at Packer Camp was 2008. Favre tried to weasel his way back in here, and that was one of the most tumultuous weeks in franchise history. Did that happen? Yeah. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I, I don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It, you know, NFL is the greatest reality show in the world. Yeah, that's true. We talk about reality television. This is it. There's no question about it. What brings you to town this week? Uh, training camp tour. I'm still same thing I started in '99. I'm still doing it, man. You just got to outwork the world. I, you know, it's just now I'm just doing a little bit better accommodations, but still, yeah, I'm a relationship guy, and it's uh, it's great to just get FaceTime with just people that really have been part of your social structure for. You know, 20, 25 years. No kidding. Uh, how far do you and Mike go back? Oh, man. Since he was in New Orleans. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, but it's like all these guys. You've known all these coaches. And, man, I, half these guys, I knew them when they were like coaching, coaching interns and assistants. And then you just move up the, the ranks. And you just try to, look, you, you, what you look for is guys who, who never change. And you, um, doesn't matter what job they're in, they don't change. And they're just, they're honorable people, and he is. Yeah, I was gonna say, could you can you say that about McCarthy? Absolutely. From the from that day when he was just a coordinator with the Saints to now, good Lord, twelve years in here, dude has never changed the lick. I don't think he has it in him. You know, where a lot of other guys will kind of get this job and start thinking, hey, I'm now a head coach. He's never done that. He's never. Doesn't matter where he's been. He's he's really been the same. He's a grunt. He's been the same guy. And um, a lot of times, you you know, these teams will hire somebody who they think is going to show all this promise because now they were as a coordinator, and then they change into something else as a head coach, and it ends up not being what they were hoping for, what they signed up for. McCarthy, man, he's just always been the same. That's that's what I, I really love about the guy. Yeah, and granted, they've had some quarterbacks here in the last 25 years, right. but this is a run of success uh, that's reaching record levels. They make the playoffs this year, that's nine in a row. Yeah, I th- and I, I think you know, kind of get spoiled. Um, I feel like there's a lot of fans in this town, Jay, that I, I hearken back, because I covered this team a long time, too, and you know, back in the San Francisco salad days, those fans were expecting nothing less. And, you know, this team's been so close for so long. With so many injuries also, that's the thing. I think last year the job he did was was amazing with the injuries that they had. I mean, they were just decimated with injuries. And yet they were able to overcome it. The team never got, like, they, they you know, there was some a lot of, you know, outside noise for a little while. And all of a sudden he was able to bring everybody together and, and, and not even get through it, but start excelling. I think a lot of other teams just would have said, oh, man, we have these injuries. We're not able to get through them. And he found a way to get everybody through it. So you're just kind of here to rekindle the relationships, just say hello? I'm no, I got to do a couple uh, a couple interviews for Fox, for the NFL and Fox, and give me a little tour bus from DraftKings this year, which I is cool. I saw that. Tell yeah. me about the wheels. Oh, it's great, man. It's like it's the best thing about it is I don't I think they're cranking up the stereo system yeah. right now. <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to fly anywhere, which is great. But I also, the, the best part is I... You know, I have a whole bedroom in there, and I, you know, it's a kitchen. There's washer dryer. It's so I stay on there, but I also brought. I have a, a rescue pit that I adopted <laughs> three years ago, and I bring her with me everywhere. And she's my therapy dog, and I'm her therapy dog. So I brought her everywhere I've gone. She's. I'm a huge rescue advocate, so it's, it's for me, being able to go around everywhere. My little rescue pit's been great. That's awesome. Well, last thing, when Sunday hits for the pregame, I mean, how, how hard are you working it from? 7 a.m. till showtime. No, call time's 5 a.m. So way oh, before. God. I mean, it doesn't stop. It's just the phone is 24/7, and you just, like I said, you got to outwork the world. It's, it's, it, 
you know, you start making phone calls for the next Sunday show on Monday. So it, it just doesn't stop. So what do you think of this team this year? I think it'll be, I mean, you know, just uh, getting guys back healthy and the addition of Martellus Bennett, I just, I mean, he's, a, he's a weapon. He's a freakish weapon. He's a big man. Enjoy your stay and Thank we'll you, look man. forward to you. Appreciate it, buddy. Nate for CampCast. Well, Mike McCarthy spoke at length last week about how he classifies players when the subject of his two young quarterbacks, Joe Callahan and Taysom Hill, was broached, and whether they're good enough to become bona fide NFL players. McCarthy also went on to explain his classification levels when considering young college talent and ultimately how hard it is to tell many of these young players that they won't be good enough to play for the Green Bay Packers this year. I have a hard time when people question the level of a professional football player because they're all good players every single one of them you don't get into the room you you don't you're not part of a 90-man roster being a guy i mean it's ignorant it's 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 a wrong way to look at it Um, some players are better than others but in my view and this is how I, i speak to them you have good players you have good players that have great moments and you have great players to me i i'd classify the nfl player in those three categories so and the difference between a good player that has great moments and a great player is great players make people around them better all the time. So every one of these quarterbacks that are in here in this specific position that we're talking about can play in the NFL. And if they, if they, if they couldn't, the responsibility of our personnel department would be to bring someone else in here that we can develop to get them to that point. So now, are they in different levels? Absolutely. What, you know, how long they've been here, what year they're in, you know, what's their background, what school did they come from, all those things. So um, I always look at the opportunity to grow a quarterback. And, and at the end of the day, everybody views the position a little differently. Some people view offense a little differently. But the way the number one quarterback plays, there, there's, there's a, a focus on emulation of that number one quarterback. And if you look at Aaron's time here, and even when Aaron played behind Brett, there's there's things in his mannerisms that he would reflect Brett. That's that's having a lead dog that does it the right way, and the two trying to be like him. Everybody coaching to that. And and what I'm looking for in Aaron Rodgers is for these three guys to try to emulate, you know, his particular mannerisms, the techniques, and those types of things. Because that's the way we play offense, and we play offense running everything through the quarterback position. So. Um, where one guy is as far as in front of the other, our goal is to have all four of them ready to play. I'll just say I've been blessed to coach in this league a long time, and uh, I did not play at this level. Um, so, But with that, um, I don't know if that really affects the way I feel about these players. I think it's accurate um, to, to watch college football and evaluate college football players um, to see what it takes to – be invited to a camp to, to be invited to a, a rookie camp and you can see the difference um, no different than you can see from high school to college and I mean there's 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 a, there's a separation between those that can that get invited and those that can't and and uh, that's why I think it's a very practical common sense answer to that I mean I, they're all good football players um, I thought it was a practical answer to the to the question that was asked and um, and I've always felt that way. So in, when you are in charge of telling a young man that uh, his dream is no longer going to take place here in Green Bay, maybe, maybe it resonates with you more. So, um, and that's probably what I've, you know, what I've, I've shared and what I've experienced the last 12 years. 
Yeah, it's difficult. I'm thinking about it already. I mean, you know, I'm not thinking about that day. I'm, you know, you're starting to, you know, make because because my job is to make sure that you create opportunities, and I just want to make sure that these guys are getting opportunities to, you know, not only to show that they can play here, but they can play in the league because you know everything is on everything's on video and everybody's watching. We've always had a large number of scouts attend our games, and you know I think that speaks volumes about our program here, the process of the personnel department, the coaching that they get here, the, the whole thing. So um, I, I'm, I'm just really focused on making sure that max out their opportunity here in Green Bay, regardless of how it shakes out. So yeah, it's difficult. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's nothing that I, I really don't, I don't, I'm really not comfortable talking about it, frankly. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any coach that, that uh, you know, that's a, that's a tough day. 13 years now, general manager of the Green Bay Packers, second tour of duty with the franchise. He so dearly holds to his heart. Native of Atlanta, Texas, ladies and gentlemen, needs no introduction. He's the leader of the Packers, general manager Ted Thompson, joining us tonight from the Stadium View. Hello, Ted. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. You know, this means a lot. You don't do these a whole lot, and I'm really glad you do this one. Thanks again for coming over. Yeah, we got some sort of record going here. I, I, I don't know what it is, but there's you've some been sort here of every year since you got the job. Oh, that's, that's a run. A long time. Longest tenure general manager in franchise history, I might add. Uh, how's camp going? Good. Uh, you know, training camps the same everywhere, and in every generation, there are good days and bad days, and and uh, you hope it. If you get to the end of it, you learn what you need to learn and gotten the players in a position they need to be. And uh, I think we're working on that. You assimilate all this information from every rep. You guys go over the video from every practice, every game, how they interact in the locker room, in the cafeteria, in the weight room, all this. And it, how do you compile all that now to begin, you're still two weeks away, the deliberative process that you have to undertake? Well, we have a lot of good people, especially in the personnel department. Yeah, they're all in the back room. Of the yeah, some tonight. of them are here tonight. Yeah, I know. Our only guest that they're comes with an entourage. Donations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, no, we've got a great uh, cast of characters uh, in the personnel department, in the coaching uh, group. Uh, we spend a lot of time, especially the, uh, the working guys. Sometimes I slough off. But... <laughs> We spend a lot of time getting ready for the final cutdowns, trying to get to know what other people do, what other people want to try to do, uh, what, how that affects us. All those kind of uh, question marks and, and decisions have to be made uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Only one cutdown this year. Yeah, we, we think that's a better thing. You'd need bodies for that fourth game if you're just a well, little nicked you, in camp. And I don't call them bodies, but we, you, you do need help. And uh, you can get surprisingly thin really quick, even with a 90-man roster. That's for sure. As I mentioned, your 13th year as GM, 13th year doing this show. And for the first 12 years, we kind of talked about, gee, what a quiet off season. Ted, what the heck got into you this winter? Four veteran guys coming in here, Martellus, Bennett, Lance Kendricks, Charlie Evans, Devon House. It's a bonanza. I don't know what got into us. Um, we, um, we would do this every year if the opportunity presented itself. Some years we, don't, we just don't think the, 
the quality and, and the quantity is, is the right mixture and and um, we don't want to spend money just for the sake of spending money. But you also lost a lot of guys, and that's the nature of doing business, isn't it, in this league? Right, and that's another reason um, why we were more active in free agency is because there was, it was, uh, it was not predicted. We didn't necessarily think it was going to go that way. But that's the nature of the beast in free agency. I, I don't want to ask for specifics on, on any of the guys like a Lang or a Hyde or the rest of them or a Lacey or a Peppers. Or, all of their decisions were made individually. You put offers out there. Other offers came in. But can you kind of give us a sense of if there is a line that is crossed where you have to determine for the best of the team's interests, we've got to move on? Uh, it happens from time to time. Part of that has to do with the overall evaluation and where we are uh, system-wide at that particular position. Um, but there comes a time when, you know, and Russ Ball does a great job of, of negotiating contracts, and, and he is the guy when it comes to that, and we have a lot of faith in him. And sometimes it's right to say no, and then he has that authority to, to say no. Ted, your draft class uh, from Kevin King all the way on through. A um, couple guys nicked. Montrevious Adams hurt the foot. Vince Beagle hurt his foot, had the surgery. How hard is it to evaluate when you can't see him on the field? It's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, we're hopeful to get him back at some point. Um, uh, at the same time, we go forward. And once. Once you get to the season, and for all practical purposes, we're at the season now, then you go with, with what brung you, and uh, we'll try to put together a team that can compete, and if those guys can get back and help us, that would be great too. Kevin King certainly looks the part. Your top pick out of Washington, Josh Jones from North Carolina State's made a lot of plays in training camp. Did you look at Jones Specifically with what Arizona's done with the safety, they've turned into that kind of hybrid thing. Were you looking to get that, you know, we saw a little bit of Morgan Burnett, now it's the nitro package on this defense. Were you looking at Jones to kind of fill that role or just a role? We look uh, at all kinds of things for the draft because you don't know how it's going to really work. You can say you pick out this guy and you think he's going to perform this particular thing, but if he hadn't done it before, how do you know he's going to be able to do it? So there's a lot of speculation, a lot of guesswork in the draft. You don't want to go too far down the, the road where you're guessing. You want to make sure this is what this player is, this is what he can be, and know that for a, for a certain amount of uh, certainty. I think you've got a pretty good handle on that. At this point in camp already with all of these guys, don't you? They look, they look good. We're not getting too specific about it, which we never do, but uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. On a game day, the ball is kicked off. <laughs> what kind of fan are you when you watch the games? Do you scream? Do you stay calm? Scream? Cool. I, we all have our moments. Ted, scream? What kind of fan are you when you watch the Packers play? Uh, I don't know. I'm, um, 
I'm happy when we're scoring touchdowns and stuff. I'm I'm unhappy when we're <laughs> giving up touchdowns and stuff. I, yeah, I'm probably not any different than, well, than I know, most fans. I, I know there's a screamer in the back here. I'm not going to mention which one. Oh, yeah. No, there's I've, – I've heard him get – There's throwers. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. destroyers of property. Yeah, <laughs> well, not quite like that. Well, but, I mean, you, you, you pull for them, but then like your average fan at, at home, you, you get disappointed sometimes when the ball bounces the wrong way. And this team's been – Really good eight years in a row, gun it for nine in a row. You got the one Lombardi trophy to make it four, and you've been on the cusp of a fifth. And therein lies some of that disappointment. But I saw in your newspaper interview last week that it's hard. It's really hard. And if it just doesn't bounce, or suddenly the rash of injuries catches up to you in the secondary against a great passer like Matt Ryan, you have a result like that. And then you got to start all over again in 2017, and that's where we're at, right? Right. And, and we. We can do it. Um, it's a daunting task, but we can do it. We have great people like the guys we talked about yeah. that are here tonight. And, uh, it is hard, but we're not going to shy away from it. And you got the quarterback. What can you say about Aaron Rodgers and what he has put on the field in this town in the, now, what, 13 years since you took him with your first overall choice? Well, I don't know that you could ask for more. Uh, he's a remarkable player, remarkable person, uh, teammate. Uh, um, he's a special person. 13 years in, Ted. Contract comes up in a couple of years. You're going to go until you want to go, right? This is... Uh... Uh, I would like to have the opportunity to go... When you want. When. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. That's rare in this business. Usually you're told when to go. Well, we're all told when to go eventually. That's true. When the big knock's coming, when the, when the big Turk calls to hand in the lifelong playbook, indeed. See so what you got. Besides football, what's your other favorite sport? Oh, golf. Golf? Yep. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. I thought you were a baseball guy. I am, but as a participant, I, I played more golf growing up as a kid than, than anything else. Roger Goodell said recently he'd like to see the preseason cut to three games. Would you be in favor of a three-game preseason, or do you, do you prefer to have four for player evaluation ultimately? If Roger Goodell said three games, I said three games. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think there would probably be some adjustments to it. Uh, but the evaluation part, uh, we could do it uh, again. My guess is there would be some, something, something else. We don't, we don't know what this other something else would be, whether it be – A few uh, more days of camp or something yeah, like that? Or, or mandated scrimmages around the league and – and that sort of thing. When you were going, you played six preseason games. I didn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> six preseason. That does and seem it was excessive. Twelve regular seasons yeah. for a while, for a long time before it went to to sixteen games. It's 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 um, you know preseason is just it, we have ninety man roster, and uh, there were times last week when it was a struggle. 
uh, it seemed like to get the game over with. And, and uh, so our concern, my concern as a personnel guy uh, is different than, than that of what a coach might think. Uh, a personnel guy wants to try to get as many healthy bodies to the starting gate as we can. Um, coaching sometimes looks at it from a different standpoint. Yeah, that can rub once in a while. CBA era, we hear about it a lot since 2011. Cutting back the number of uh, contact practices, time on the field. Has that impacted how you evaluate? Uh, no. Again, we evaluate what we can evaluate and most of the time we have a pretty good idea uh, coming out of the rookie mini camp because those are the guys that you really have to do the most work on or the rookie mini camp guys and making sure your draft choices are, are what they're supposed to be. Um, so I, I would say making sure we're squared away there and in the, into the summer um, so that when you get to training camp, it can be uh, a little bit more football and a little bit less evaluation. Martellus Bennett spent a night sleeping in front of his locker at Lambeau Field. Everybody have, saw it on Instagram. Have you ever slept at Lambeau Field? Yes. <laughs> what, where? Not at his locker. Not <laughs> <laughs> and not at the same time, right? No. <laughs> You're still grinding that much video? Were you going to cash in there? No, th things just come up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it happens all the time. I know. The question was, have I ever? All right, I, all right. <laughs> and um, sometimes uh, you get busy doing things or, or uh, watching film or, or you just decide to take a nap. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Do you have like a little roll-away bed situation, no. a pull-out couch in the <laughs> office? I have a couch. All right. <laughs> We've heard a lot of coaches that, you know, Oh, sure. Spend all night there. That's, that's no problem. All right, so we'll give him a pass on the couch in his office. Ted, what is the favorite part of your job, the absolute favorite part of going to work every day? This. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well. So one day out of the here, year, you're right. happy. <laughs> every Monday night now, Ted, for the rest of the year, you're coming down here. Did you view the solar eclipse today? Yes. Yes? Did you have the glasses and everything? I had the little, uh, I borrowed the glasses because really? I didn't have any. But I had the little kind that's got the cardboard <laughs> thing. They're not very attractive, but if you want, if you want to see, and it was so much different because I was, I was out there and I kept thinking if I looked up, I was going to lose my sight. Right. Which it almost happened. Um, well, you've really got to stare but, at it, don't you? But you put those things yeah. on, and, and I looked up, and, and I could see a perfect... It was after the fact. Okay. But it was still a part of the eclipse going on. Cool. Um, and it was strong lines. It was like a photograph. Titans in Nashville, which was, I think, in one of the in the path of the totality, as yeah, they got all day yeah, today. Full. Did you see the, they had the whole team out on the practice field. And when the eclipse hit, they all stopped, put on their same glasses, and watched it go by. As a sports fan, who is your all-time favorite athlete from any sport? 
Um, I think Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle? I remember when I was a kid, and I was really young, just in case you're checking. <laughs> uh, they always played on Saturday afternoon on TV. This was black and white television. They didn't have ESPN or anything like that, but on, I think it was CBS, they'd always play, the Yankees would always play on Saturday afternoon. And I would watch Mickey Mantle play, and he would, he would drag bunt, and they couldn't get him out. Yeah. And they know he's going to drag bunt, and they couldn't get him out. And then, and then watch him hit those gigantic home runs. He was like a, a cult star to me. He was a classic, no question, in the 50s and 60s. Ted, you're a classic. I don't want to pin you down or make you sound ancient or anything else. But, no, you've run this thing uh, marvelously well. I think you haven't been in the playoffs, what, twice since you've been here, I think? Uh, at eight years running. Let's see if it's nine. Sure hope it is. Uh, and uh, if it is, uh, the credit's got to go to you guys and, and Mike McCarthy for uh, getting it done again, keeping us competitive and very relevant in the National Football League. Once again, I cannot say thank you enough for uh, taking some time to uh, come on over and, and visit with fans and, uh, and BS with uh, Matt and I for, uh, for an hour or so on a, on a Monday night in August. It, it really is appreciated. Thank you, and go Pack. Go Pack. Former Packers running back James Starks held a moving sale at his house in Howard outside of Green Bay last Friday and Saturday. Everything not attached to the house was up for sale. And Janelle Bador-Griffiths of Bumble Puppy Sales, the company liquidating the goods, told us about the sale as it opened to the public. Uh, James Starks decided he was moving and needed someone to help him sell um, everything in the house, so it is a completely full house. My wife saw some of the pictures online, so she saw a lot of the decor and the, the furnitures and stuff, so that intrigued her. So it's a little scary that she sends me out shopping for her. Being a Packer Nation here, uh, people are going to fall in love with the, the gloves, they're going to fall in love with the jerseys and uh, the signed cleats and things like that, because James Starks was such a huge part of the Super Bowl run. It seems like James Starks is a pretty nice guy. I ran across him a few times, so I uh, definitely want to support him and the community and things like that. His girlfriend had called up and, and had us come out and take a look to see what we could do. Uh, we do a variety of different services. We do estate sales like this where essentially we turn the, um, the store into a or the house into a store for the weekend. Um, we also do online auctions sometime. For this sale there wasn't enough time for an online auction and he was willing to allow people to come to, to his house to buy his, his items, which I think adds a lot of excitement because people get to come and see the stuff in his home and, and take home a, a little piece of the Packers. It just really stood out that he has a lot of um, very modern, very new things. Um, I always like to see that in a house because people like what's what's in style right now, what's very popular right now, so his house is full of that. All of his furniture is very modern and new, purchased from quality stores, it's quality construction. Um, even the clothing that he wore is, you know, designer, name brand stuff, and um, his stuff just really looks good really presents itself well the house is nice and so I, I really it's nice to get a sale where where everything is sort of in style and and lightly used for the most part so he definitely had a lot of great things uh, in his house as you imagine a lot of things went really fast including all the pack of stuff so I scored myself a garbage can for the man cave great price of uh, ten dollars and then being the wrestling fanatic that I am uh, you can never go wrong with a WrestleMania chair, so definitely a collectible I'll add to uh, all my items. Uh, overall, great experience, very cool. And this is what we got, we got clothes. Premium gaming headphones. Campcast, a Midwest Communications podcast.